What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 115. Here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? Uh, I am doing so well. It's scary, Alex. Um, just so much football knocking me all over the place, uh, especially in the States. The Women's World Cup. We've got Lionel Messi uh, in Miami, finally, and scoring a goal in ridiculous fashion. We've got Kylian Mbappe uh, setting the world alight in terms of transfer news. And then we've got all these under-the-radar transfers and a lot of Premier League talk uh, to go through. So I I'm, I, I don't know. I'm busy. I've got a lot of thoughts in my head. How about you, Alex? I have a lot of thoughts. That's an excellent way of putting <laughs> this episode 115. But before we get to it, do not forget to like, comment, and share this podcast. And here in Portugal on YouTube, it's out every Monday at 6 o'clock. So go bold community. But yes, Breton, you said it. <laughs> Mbappé is again the most talked player this summer. Just like last summer, the summer previous to that one, Mbappe always seemed to get the attention. Why? Because Mbappe in the right team is the best player in the world. We do know that Mbappe to Real Madrid is inevitable with due time. But will he have a stop elsewhere for a year, Bretton? Um, uh, it, it's, it sounds like it. Uh, I think PSG is getting into the conspiracy theorist um, type of situation uh, when it comes down to potentially losing Kylian Mbappe on a free. And that scares them to no end as it potentially should because Kylian Mbappe, Mbappe is anything but a player that signs on free. So um, as of right now, I mean, just to lay it out there for everybody... Kylian Mbappe is off the preseason tour to Japan. Mm-hmm. He is not going with uh, with PSG. His brother, to... Ethan, mm-hmm. though, will go, which is just kind of incredibly <laughs> poetic in and of itself. But Kylian Mbappe, uh, I think, looked at Cristiano Ronaldo's comments about Lionel Messi uh, or about the no, Saudi no. League yes, and yes, Lionel yes. Messi uh, making his debut. And he basically said, well, let, now's my time to shine. I need some headlines. Um, but PSG... <laughs> Let's be honest, Alex, and mm-hmm. then I promise I'll stop with this tirade here. But PSG has backed themselves into this corner. It's like Frankenstein, right? Mm-hmm. They have created this monster that is not Kylian Mbappe per se, but they have given him the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And Kylian Mbappe was right to accept the keys to the kingdom. And now they're they're looking and saying, well, what do we do? Because he's leaving, and we're afraid he's going to leave on a free. What do we do? What do we do? And his possibilities are endless. It's just, I, what would you do, Alex? I would, honestly, would I would leave. Mbappé said, when he stays at PSG, he said, I need a striker because I want to play on the yeah. wing, and I do not yeah. want to play with Neymar. That is rumoredly what was said. So now we see Luis yeah. Enrique, that was the best manager ever with Neymar, mm. going to PSG. And now the message is clear by PSG. They do not, they do not need Kylian Mbappé for the future of the team. The, the future that Nasser El Khalafi wants is to win yep. the Champions League. And that is the sure focus. No one is above PSG. And I understand that statement by, done by the president. But yes, you said yes. it. The message is clear to the whole world of football. The moment he doesn't go to the tour to Japan and Korea... Mbappé now mm-hmm. is available, and Real Madrid are put on pressure moment for Florentino Perez. Now, yeah. everybody expects Florentino Perez to pay up big time. And I do not know if it's true, 
but a hundred million supposedly can't be on the case to, to, to convince the right club for Kylian Mbappé to leave. But people, what? don't put out mm. the possibility of Kylian Mbappé sitting out on the bench. Because if that happens, yeah. who loses is not just Kylian Mbappé, but it's PSG. Big time, yeah. big time, because they'll have to pay, regardless, Kylian Mbappé, more than 100 million. And he will always get yeah. paid more than 100 million for signing fee to go to Real Madrid next season. But if, if Kylian Mbappé decides to go to Alilal, earn 400 million, one season, one season, 400 million, and the Alilal still pays 200 million to PSG? That is the best, right. best of both worlds, supposedly, if Mbappé wants the money for just one year. To go to then yeah. to Real Madrid. Because Alilal supposedly is fine with him staying only one year and then agreeing to go to Real Madrid after. So a lot of news. A lot of news. Which but my is... last question for Arsenal yeah. fans. Arsenal fans are going to love this. <laughs> if you enjoyed this video, like, like this video. Arsenal fans are going to love what I'm going to say now. That it is. If Arsenal and the Cronkies... It, like just yeah. say if if Arsenal if I if Arsenal sign Kylian Mbappe, the Cronkies yeah. will never will never know in the next ten years at least will never leave yeah. their role as owners and all the fans will always be so grateful for them to do this impossible in my view to get Mbappe. But if Arsenal if got Kylian Mbappe, would they be the favorites ahead of Man City in the next Premier League? Breton? No, what? Uh, no. 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 Arteta ball with Mbappé. Uh, absolutely not. No. I don't know, no. Breton. No, no, no. With Declan no. Rice, Mbappé. No I don't know. Spine. If Spine Bernard Silva City. leaves Man City, Look, I really listen. don't know. Yeah. I really don't okay. know. Okay, well, uh, well, if Bernardo Silva leaves Manchester City, that's interesting. I mean, Il Il Gun Ilke Gundogan, too, is a bit... I mean, all Marcus. this is a big loss, but it's... But it's Pep Guardiola. You laid it out. They got the best center back. They've got probably the second best center back or... Yeah, in, this, in the Premier League, too. They've also got still the best midfielder. They've also got the top striker. Kylian Mbappe, yes, would change things, but he would take a little while to get get his feet under him. And if it's a one-year project that he's entering into, uh, it's put up or shut up. And it's not like this kid has never been injured before. So mm -hmm. I I think it's unrealistic to to, to think that. And one I, year, I yes. also, I, I, I know, I, ooh, I just hit my microphone. I know what you're doing here, Alex. I know what you're doing here, what you but I think it's more likely that <laughs> Kylian Mbappe winds up at like a Newcastle for a year because Ooh. it just makes so much sense. But you have to think about it this way: every one of these, uh, every one of these teams that we would mention, whether it's Newcastle, whether it's uh, whether it's Arsenal, whether it's hell Manchester United, or even Chelsea. Manchester City, they they all now see Chelsea doesn't actually have a plan yet. <laughs> he would fit Chelsea because one year for Chelsea. They're hiring mercenaries as it is because they, they're not signing anyone as it stands. Arsenal, though, has a clear understanding of where they want to be. Newcastle, uh, while it's not exactly public knowledge, they definitely have a plan on where they want to be and where they want to go. Mm -hmm. One year of killing Mbappe is literally just a tease. Well, but I don't, it's think, I don't think he'll go for one year if he goes to Arsenal. Because imagine, I don't think for Arsenal well, it's beneficial just to have one year. I think Ali Lal, I think not a lot of clubs reason, are offering the one year. I, I, yeah, but the whole reason he's, the whole reason he'd be going to Ali Lal for a year is because the Real Madrid, in, in PSG's mind, the Real Madrid deal 
Whether or not they have confirmation, I don't know. But the Real Madrid deal is already done. That's why. That's, that's why, why they're freaking out that's so That's why Ali Lal so is a better choice than really... then go to Real Madrid than Premier League. It, it <laughs> is, but I think, but as a 24, as a 24 year old that is just starting for the most part in his brand development, um, I don't know. One year in Al Hilal to kick the tires and make four hundred million, that probably makes most of his fans pretty happy, but might alienate a few others. And in the end, he's counting cash, so who the heck cares? But I, I, I see it's more likely, mm-hmm. more likely what you said in the beginning, and I hate to bring it around full circle, is that we, you know, I live in the states, and it's a very contract lockouts are a very, very big part of all American sports here. You see it all the time, especially in the NFL. He's not going I to see Miami. it more likely that he literally does not play. He's not going to he Miami. He does not play. <laughs> no, I no, I'm, I'm no. not even. I'm not even saying that. That's a what power I'm saying move. is in in, that's a power in the move. Premier League. It is a power move, and that's the thing. Right now, believe it or not, uh, Kylian Mbappe has the end game power if he actually already has a deal under the table with Real Madrid. Okay, now PSG, uh, they're flailing and they're trying to guess what's going on and they're trying to monetize the the last year they've got with Kylian Mbappe. At least that's what it looks like right now. So do you bench him as if to say, well, uh, you know, like if you're not going to play for us, then you're not bigger than the club. You made him bigger than the club. You were the ones that made him bigger than the club. It's your fault. It is your fault, PSG. I am not going to fault Kylian Mbappe here. Now, I do think Kylian Mbappe, if he goes anywhere else, needs to become a true footballer again, at least on the club stage. Which, let's be honest, I mean, he performs every time he's out. So you you might not act like it, but he will need to be. If he signs for Real Madrid in the future, you know Florentino Perez is not going to accept this. Ancelotti won't be there, so whoever is going to be the next boss of Real Madrid will not accept being you know, better than the club or bigger than the club. But PSG, there is no doubt in my mind that PSG oh is the gosh, one that put this. him in this situation as You're a 24-year-old. so much, though, no. because imagine, I know. even if a new manager goes to Real Madrid, that new manager, that whoever it is, 14 Champions League speaks for itself. <laughs> and I sure. think anyone realizes that the greatness of Real Madrid is never in question in this scenario. And that's why Mbappe... No will never question Real Madrid, and that's why he should go there in order to, to get a Ballon d'Or. Every football fan just knows that's the right thing that should happen. To equal to what yeah. Barcelona are doing, that is a very interesting project. But I completely agree. Qatar and PSG's board were embarrassed with this whole situation of an agreement in the, for the next season for Real Madrid to get Mbappé, and that's why they will not accept, and they'll have to sell for yeah. $200 million. But the options are on the table. Alilal Mbappé. Premier League with Newcastle, <laughs> Chelsea, Man United with Qatar. Wait, definitely. But it would it be yeah. one year? Tell us your thoughts in the comments down below. And do not forget to like this video for more videos like this. This is a very bold topic of killing Mbappe. But we expressed Premier League as one of the main interested <laughs> for this oh, yeah. player. And the Premier League has elite managers. In terms of managers, I think it's no, no doubt that they have the best managers in the world as a pool uh, of managers. Mm-hmm. But the most the, sure. the most well-paid manager, I think, is still Simeone in La Liga with Atletico. Yes. That is quite sus. Yeah. I just want to say that because he's not the best manager <laughs> in the world. The best manager in the world is our number one in this list. And if you know, comment down below the number one of the top five ranking of the best managers in the Premier League. But 
Again, interesting, Bretson. Who is your number five? Because it can be very uh, controversial. This is controversial yeah. territory. <laughs> there, there are so many honorable mentions. I mean, the fifth place, let's be honest, is the toughest place because yes. there's there's a couple legends here for the most part, and there's a couple kind of wannabe legends. And I, I top five Premier League managers, the fifth. This is where it's at. So I'm gonna start with maybe somebody that seems a little controversial to be in fifth. I don't know, mm. but I'm gonna say Eric Eric Ten Hag. I, I'm gonna say Eric Ten Hag. And listen, I, I believe uh, should a man who who took until this past week uh, to finally strip the captaincy from Harry Maguire um, <laughs> be any higher than fifth at this moment? Probably not. Should he even be in the top five? I don't know because it's still small sample size. Hmm. But there's no doubt that Eric Ten Hag they won a trophy. Yeah, Eric Ten Hag has uh, made some very, very tough decisions. Whether or not they're right, I don't know. Uh, they have gotten blown out, but at the same time, they have played relatively decent football exactly. with a little bit of consistency near the end of the season. And there's a lot pointing in the right direction for Manchester United and wanting to become, quote-unquote, the best transition players you know, in the Premier League. Mm -hmm. um, and I am here for that. And you know what I'm also here for when it comes to Eric Ten Hag? is I'm here for fostering a, a a part of Manchester United that has kind of been stripped away. And I think exactly. Gary Neville, believe it or not, here I am agreeing with Gary Neville, saying it best, but he would know that hard-nosed approach, that, you know, fight, run all over the field, never mm -hmm. stop, yep. kind of hard-hitting. He has brought that back. Ten Hag has a reason. Um, it's just small sample size does not get him any higher. And there's so many other guys that could be here that I'm, my I, honorable mention section is going to be a lot bigger. So fifth uh, place for me is Ten Hag. You said a lot, Bretton. And I disagree I with a lot that you said. And I'm going to say okay. why, because I have him fourth. I do see him uh, okay. higher up because the player, the player, the manager I have in my number five is Unai uh -huh. Emery. I have to put Unai Emery in the top five list of Premier League managers because this man won three Three Europa Leagues uh, in a row with Sevilla. That is unbelievable. And at, at Aston Villa, he convinces a free agent, Otilema. He convinces a Pau Torres. He improves massively in Ollie Watkins. Sha Jacob Ramsey is an yeah. elite wonder kid with him. So I had to put Unai Emery in my top five. And I have huge subs. I don't have this yeah. Emery in my top five list. And I know he I got know, Europa League football with Brighton, but I do think the management at the board at the top of Brighton is elite too. And Aston Villa before Unai Emery with Stevie G, that was a pure mess. Unai Emery was the it, huge it, variable that fixed it all. So but, I wanted but to if give we're gonna talk to about that. if we're gonna talk about Villarreal or Almeria or uh, you know it, you look, any, yeah, anyone yes. else, we also have to talk about his last stint with Arsenal, which did not exactly end incredibly well. Um, so I, I, that's where kind of my limitation was. And, and when it comes to it, I, I completely agree. I mean, we'll see how much of this was new manager bump when it comes mm -hmm. down to it, but it's certainly with Unai Emery has helped with his recruitment. Yep. Um, and he has convinced Aston Villa to continue to spend yeah. for him so much so that they might've just won a bidding war for Moussa Diaby for 50 over 50 million. million. But I, I, and he's he's assembled. We've already talked about it in the past. So he's assembled team. one hell of a squad. So I, I my only reason, I guess, not for not putting him in there was that his sample size okay. so far with Villa, I guess, Premier League centric, was so much smaller. Uh, my believe it or not, my fight was whether or not to put a guy like Thomas Frank 
in there who, uh... let's be honest, does not have the the, the same. Uh, let, okay, what Eddie, I'm trying no. to say is he has, he has taken a club. <laughs> I know he has oh taken a gosh. club and he has made it so 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 much better. Um, but it's there's a cap on Brentford. Yes. So anyway, fifth place for me, I got it. Fifth place for you is Unai Emery. Fifth place for me is Eric Ten Hag, and you've got Ten Hag in fourth. I have Ten Hag so in fourth. So why do you why do you feel Ten Hag is above Emery? Uh, I feel he's above Emery because at at Man United he convinced a player like Casemiro at Man United he managed mm-hmm. to win a League Cup a, a a cup that I think Man United had had hadn't won anything in five years. Uh, Eric okay. Ten Hag immediately wins something and he wins Champions League too, which manages to convince a higher level players for this transfer window too. So I think in yeah. all these cases, to convince Onana, a finalist yeah. in the Champions League, that ain't easy. And Onana is convinced by Eric Ten Hag because he was coached by him. He knows the potential of Man United. And a Man United team that wins the Premier League, you're immediately in the history books and recorded forever. Sure. And that's when Onana and Eric Ten Hag and Lisandro Martinez, Varane, Kesmiru, all of them they believe will happen at Man United too. But they need Garnacho, yeah. Sancho, a striker like Rasmus Winterholland to step up big and time for make that happen. So that is my number well, four, Eric Ten Hag. But I want to know yours. It is interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll give you my number four. But I am interested that you have Eric Ten Hag at fourth. Um, I mean, that means you rate even the slightest bit Two uh, in his handling Ajax. in his handling of the Cristiano Ronaldo situation, though. Uh, um, but he also he also just he also just named you know he also just named Bruno Fernandez captain. Um, right do you think that's the right move? It's the right choice. That's the right because choice. Bruno okay. Fernandez, if he didn't have the captaincy ban, he would be moving on the pitch as a captain because that's what he does okay. best. And Bruno Fernandez improved massively with Eric Ten Hag, in my point of view. Yeah. So I think All I right. think it was the right choice. But who's your number four? All right. And people, tell us I your number, number five and four in the comments. We want to see. <laughs> yes, please. Please. But uh, my number four, and I'll keep this quicker, is Eddie Howe. Number ah. four, Eddie Howe. Okay. I have one limitation for Eddie Howe, but I am going to say it right now. Um, he mm. did wonders. So much so that he might even deserve to be maybe above this. Um, he did wonders last season with a club that has not even stretched wholly the financial muscle that they could stretch. Now, that in and of itself, I think, is an issue because I don't know if Eddie Howe has any part in the recruitment, um, but it does seem weird that in a period of excess Come right on. now, we're spending, spending, spending. Newcastle. They have not yet landed, <laughs> but they got Tanali. I got it. But to do what he did last season with their defense mm-hmm. is infinitely more impressive to me than what Pep Guardiola did with Manchester City's defense, John Stones in particular and all that. No, but that they special. are the best in the league, pound for pound. You had Dan Byrne in that that lineup, okay? You had Fabian Schar for the most part, that we see him as wildly underrated, mm-hmm. but nobody ever talked about him previous to this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, for Eddie Howe to be able to do that, pound for pound, euro for euro, whatever you want to call it, impressive. The Joe Linton switcheroo, Izak starting to come out of his shell, Miguel Almiron being one of the top uh, scorers in the Premier League is just unheard of in most of our minds. We all thought most of these guys were castaways. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see what Eddie Howe, now he didn't win a trophy, no. but what Eddie Howe can do in the future and whether or not Newcastle can continue to get what has been limited shows of financial force, uh, what they can do uh, to continue to build around Eddie Howe and whether or not there's a ceiling on Eddie Howe and his development on the club. So that's why he's four. So Eddie Howe, 
I didn't put him in, in my it. top five, and I and I agree wow. with you. Uh-huh. I think it can be seen as disrespectful, and I understand that. And my big reasoning with this is it was a great achievement for Newcastle to get top four in the Champions League. But I cannot yep. imagine the variables behind the closed doors that the objectives that these players get by just getting Champions League football itself. I do think that uh, Eddie Howe is a huge factor for the success of Newcastle, but I can't discount to the money factor too. And there's a huge, there's a huge, there's a huge accomplishment, huge objectives that these players get if they get to these uh, objectives in the, in, uh, during the league, during the season. I'm sorry. So I agree. So, but I just wanted to say it was a hard one not not to put him in my top five. But but every w- one of the every one of the people above this, uh, except maybe Klopp, Goriol and Arteta have spent much more than newcastle has so far uh yes um, i agree too. arteta in particular so uh, okay I, I i hear it i hear it Ed, but, eddie al um but yeah it's I so put, who's your three i then? put eric ten Hag and unai emery ahead of eddie Howe because i've seen unai yeah. emery winning three europa leagues in a row and i've seen eric ten Hag having deep runs in the champions league twice with two different teams of ajax and still yeah but like succeeding yeah. like and getting eredivisie titles too so my yeah, only so doubt th- is the winning. I, I didn't I didn't fully understand the assignment then because I didn't know we were going that deep in terms of caliber in terms of the past setting <laughs> them up for the five future. So just top five if, if that's the if, if that's the case that Eddie Howe at at, uh, at Bournemouth was no not exactly lighting everybody's uh, world on fire. And we don't I'll have Pochettino for, for that. We but. do not have Pochettino in this top five no. because I I no. don't have Pochettino because he didn't show that he could win a trophy. At Tottenham, and I do believe he did an amazing job in terms of a rebuild, amazing job in terms of a rebuild too at Southampton. But there was given moments that you would expect more at PSG and at Tottenham too. So I just wanted Southampton was 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 awesome. Southampton was. was amazing. That was the it best. Was. Yeah, po- Pochettino. Uh, best. Poch- I, I'm really interested yeah. to see what he'll do with Chelsea. But exactly. who's your three? I got my, it now. My three is Arteta, and I had a okay. bit of a two and three. Uh, discussion between myself <laughs> making this decision yeah. but I just believe Arteta it, this is the season that we're going to have confirmations it's the fourth okay. season at Arsenal everybody is uh, ex- expecting the right results to come and look the he has a unique style he said he has a yep. unique style and I think our Arsenal no Arteta to convince a player like Declan Rice to join the team this summer shows that he is a top world-class manager. I know he still hasn't won a big trophy. He got an FA Cup immediately with the group of players that he didn't like. So let's see with a group, a core, a strong core, if he can go against Pep Guardiola. That is the huge boogeyman. And Arteta is one of the managers in the world that can beat Guardiola. I believe Xavi, I believe a manager like Ancelotti can have that surprise factor. And Klopp, and Arteta. So let's see. Let's see. So I had to put well, it. it yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh it's that vicious circle of the protege finally, you know, mm-hmm. beating the the teacher, if you will. So I I'm with you. I got Mikel Arteta in third as well. Uh, the only thing I will add to that, um, because you said it said it well. The only thing I'm going to add to that is I am always going to be here for his type of coaching leadership. Uh, he's kind of sappy. Um, he's almost like movie oriented in that sense, like, you know, doing the funny drawings and, Mm -hmm. and trying to literally get to the core of every human being, not Mm -hmm. just player, but every human being that plays for him. I am here for that every day of the week. Okay. Because 
it, it's something you can always get in the corner of. And does that does that win trophies in the future? I don't know. But he is convinced. He is convinced. And normally insanely stingy, you know, ownership group. He has convinced the front office. He has convinced everybody, or back office. He's convinced everybody at Arsenal that he is the man that can lead them into uh, hopefully lifting the Premier League trophy at some point in the future, and who knows beyond that. So, like you said, recruitment, all that good stuff. I am here mostly for that core feeling of what Mikel Arteta brings to the game. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, you, we have to remember that what he has accomplished so far has been with one of the youngest, if not the youngest, squad in the Premier League. And that squad, believe it or not, has also gotten Mm -hmm. younger it's true with this sale of Granachaka to uh Bayer Leverkusen um so I have Arteta in third as well um and I am excited to see what the next phase of this uh this project it's, brings. Uh, Arsenal have a great style of play we can see that yep. and then they have the extensions yep. for the future a core for the future with Saliba Saka Martinelli all extending their contracts, we have to we yeah. have to give credit to Arteta because he's the man that is ma ma managing to make that happen. And congratulations yeah. to Tuedu that is the decision making behind everything with all this. And that 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 duo of Edu and Arteta, if they win the Premier yeah. League, they will be credit uh, credited the right way too. So our okay, top well, two, I, I think, I think it's too. no surprise. Yeah. I think it's no surprise. So Klopp, yeah. we agree. Klopp is the second. Best manager in the Premier League. My way of seeing yeah. it, he's the only one to win a Premier League against Pep Guardiola in his last six years in the Premier League. And Klopp did it with a core of players and with a, a, a cheaper, cheaper team than Man City too. So we saw a, uh -huh. a midfield with Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum going against every top team in Europe. They, were, they won yeah. a Champions League. That is immense. And just look how Sadio Mane is right now. We all, I do believe Sadio Mane is a world-class player. I really do believe that in the right system. But since he yeah. left Liverpool, like it doesn't seem like that was the best the best choice for him. So I do mm. think it was inevitable because Liverpool could, couldn't pay all the salaries for all the, the top, the, the strikers they have. But still, it mm. just shows levels and how, and Wijnaldum too. He's not doing better than when he leaves. And look at Henderson. It yeah. might be leaving to yeah, Saudi Arabia. But that's another talk. But I do believe that Jurgen Klopp is the second best manager. But if Arteta wins the Premier League this season, I put Arteta in the number second position of best managers in the Premier League ahead of Jurgen Klopp. If he wins yep. the Premier League. Just want to say. Fair enough. Well, once again, I mean, you're, you're not going to get any disagreement here for what you said, uh, sadly. I know that doesn't make for a great podcast, us disagreeing with each other all the time. But listen, Jurgen Klopp, he's a squad builder. He's a uh, culture builder. Uh, he's a guy, as you mentioned, he builds a system. And as you also mentioned, most people do not leave Liverpool to go on and have ridiculously successful careers. They wind up literally having their best times mm -hmm. inside Jurgen Klopp's system. What I'm going to bring up that's more recency effect here is Jurgen Klopp had every reason to go off the rails last season. Mm -hmm. Every reason to go completely berserk mm -hmm. because of the injuries, because of the depth, because of you know things that were being said about him. Yep. He could have you know fallen into a hole and not come out. And I'm sure there was a part of him that wanted to. But Jurgen Klopp has already taken to it. He's reignited you know himself. He has come in and he has said we are we have to address these concerns, whether it's depth. It's the midfield. It's other places. 
he's got everybody's backing and Jurgen Klopp is back in the game. We also have to remember, if we're going to go way back into history, mm. Jurgen Klopp is the only person that has beaten Bayern. Mm. That's it. That's the end of the sentence. Oh. He's the only person that has beaten Bayern. <laughs> I we had a connection. When he last did it. <laughs> oh, what? When he did it with Bo Russia Dortmund back in the day before making his uh, his move uh, kind of up the ranks and over to the Premier League. Um, so as a culture builder, I think Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola are two of the best. Um, and mm-hmm. Arteta is getting up there. But uh, Jurgen Klopp, in my opinion, basically is just phenomenal because he took a Liverpool um, I agree. We agree. That, so. yeah, he, 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 yeah, he turned a Liverpool around. So he really people. did. And, really and number one, we both have Pep Guardiola yep. for the same reasons, but maybe more dominant yes. than, <laughs> than maybe no, much yeah. more dominant than Pep Guardiola, uh, than Jurgen Klopp. Guardiola wins and- five Premier League titles in six years, changes the culture on the pitch and off the pitch with the academy football being a lot more invested. I do know that Man City were planning that, but having the right philosophy, the style of play, the involvement from the youngsters in the first team, mm-hmm. like Foden, Enrico Lewis, Cole Palmer, all developing the right way. That is with a man at the helm that knows what to do. That is Pep Guardiola. So I wanted to give credit to that. But Guardiola can be bad in other things. And for Bayern, I have seen comments of like Schwansteiger, Philippe Lam, saying that he wasn't beneficial in the long term of things for the for Bayern Munich and the German national team. That can be a controversial take, but he is the best manager sure. in the Premier League, uh, uh, Guardiola, and uh, in the world too. So I wanted to give Well, it, I think uh, the other negative, because obviously, yes, Pep Guardiola is my number one. Yep. But the, the other negative that people throw out there when, you know, we tout Pep Guardiola is, well, you know, he's never inherited a side that doesn't have, you know, great or growing infrastructure, that doesn't already have a bevy of world-class players, that doesn't mm-hmm. have endless resources for the most part, um, or a culture of dominance previous to it. Okay, those are fair points, but there is no doubt that Pep Guardiola makes great players world-class and world-class mm-hmm. players even more world-class. Exactly. Uh, just, you know, case in point, Erling Haaland. <laughs> Erling Haaland coming in, that could have not necessarily been a disaster, but there was a lot of us that were expecting maybe a little bit of a transition transition here. No, the guy wins a trouble. The guy wins a trouble, and he pays attention to detail. Exactly. Okay? He made little switches that that he doesn't get enough credit for during the season uh, in terms of whether it's John Stones, whether it's the usage of Ake and Akanji. Um, there's so many different um, yeah. things that he does that he doesn't get credit for. And as you mentioned, a nice little feather in his cap has been the, the usage of that academy uh, to actually fund or maybe keep it in line with financial fair play mm-hmm. uh, over the past few years because for 27 Premier League minutes... He has unloaded eight academy players, eight academy players, if Carlos Borges goes to West Ham, for over 95 million euros. That doesn't happen anywhere else but maybe Chelsea. If you can show me where it's happened elsewhere, then fine. But that's 27 Premier League minutes mm-hmm. that he has gotten almost 100 million for. It basically paid for Jack Grealish true. in some respects. It's true. So Pep Guardiola deserves a whole lot more for that attention to detail mm-hmm. because what is he going to do? Like, I completely agree. You know, he's, he's, he's not going to take over Brentford. He's uh, going to take over yeah. the class of the class. So he's, yeah, so I don't get that uh, so that it's, negative it's, uh, about him. So Pep Guardiola, number one. I, I, I agree. I, the negative about him, what do you mean you don't get the negative about him? Well, 
the 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 only the, negative that pervades everybody saying Pep Guardiola is not the one of the best of the of all time uh, is that simple thing and that he only inherits great clubs. No, they no, were great no, no, before no, he got there, which I don't ascribe to that, even if there is a grain of truth to it. That's the people um, that have never done man management in their life. That's the people that have yeah. never done that, <laughs> that they say that. The attention to yeah. detail of this man is unreal and completely agree with all your points that you expressed. But people, tell no, no. us your top five in the comments. I'm going to say my top five, my top five of best managers in the Premier League. I have number five, Unai Emery, I have number four, Eric Ten Hag, three, Arteta, two, Klopp, and number one, Pep Guardiola. It saddens me not to put anyhow and the Zerbi, but click, watch the YouTube video on YouTube, okay, of best managers, yeah. top five. We we explain cool. all our reasoning on our top five people. <laughs> yeah, so the, the last shout out I have before we move on to this uh, is yes. Thomas Frank. Just simply, Thomas Frank, really quickly, you got to say, Here's a reminder that Thomas Frank was the only person to win both home and away against Manchester City and Pep Guardiola last season in the Premier League. Uh, the Zerby Thomas Frank. The Zerby didn't uh, the win. Zerby, no, no, I don't think so. No, nope. uh, he won two. Frank won two one away, uh, okay. and he won one zip at home on the last, the final day of the season. Um, which okay, there might be a little caveat to that, mm -hmm. but uh, Thomas Thomas Frank has taken a tiny little team from the Championship. Um, and he's brought them up to, you know, ninth place, I believe, last season. Mm -hmm. uh, so he deserves uh, quite a lot more credit, not top five credit. But if we're going to name some people out there, uh, Thomas Frank has got to get some. Oh, and I believe Mark he's Silva. been operating, Mark Thomas Silva. Frank, like, with Brantford. <laughs> he has been operating with the lowest wage bill in all of the Premier League. I'd say Mark Silva okay. versus say Thomas Frank. Like, what? Yeah, but, <laughs> like Mar but Marco Silva. Getting Palinha, like that was a Mark Silva choice. So it's it's getting, yeah, and yet and yet he yeah, but yet he still finished one one uh, one rung below exactly a uh, full on finish one below. They just got Brentford. promoted. Brentford's paying less. <laughs> well, Brentford's only Brent Brentford's only been in the league two two full seasons. We both right? know that two Brentford, seasons? in terms of the top, they're great, yeah. great management and great decision yeah. making. But I uh, I'm just saying, do, doing it with limited resources is incredibly impressive. And what's even more impressive is Thomas Frank was not hired originally as the head coach. He was promoted from within. He was brought in as an assistant coach after time at Brownby, and he has worked his way up. I just want, you know, someone with limited resources to get a little more just due uh, than probably what we give. I agree Marco Silva had a great season. Limited I resources agree. too. So I just wanted to say yep. that. And so, yep. please tell us your top five in the comment section. And don't forget to like this video if you're listening. Until now. FC Wonder Kid podcast. We must talk about right. Wonder Kids. And we will end this topic. It's top under 23 Wonder Kids 11 for next season. And I'll be talking to you about last season's players. Because we have to talk about the past <laughs> to predict the future. But I want to see your comments down below expressing who is the best Wonder Kids in the Premier League. The must-talks that we got to do. And if you're listening until now, like this video. But yes, I, 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 I'm curious, Breton. I'm curious. Yep. Who do you yeah. have at goal? <laughs> well, I believe there's only next one, season. if I'm not mistaken. For right? next season, there's yeah. two. Next season, there's two there's possibilities. Two. Okay. Who's the second? I got the first one at Brighton. Who's the second? Uh, James Trafford at Burnley. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, right. I'm sorry, that million. just got done. I, I, you're right. You are right. Uh, well, I'm still gonna go with Bart for Bruggen. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Bart. We got the right same now. one. <laughs> he has not yet been named the number one, but Robert Sanchez is very clearly on the outs. It's whether or not uh, forgetting mm-hmm. the other guy's name who did very well for them near the end of the season. But Bart for Bruggen, I watched him quite a bit last season uh, in the pro league. Really enjoyed him. Uh, I think Brighton's going to love him. Uh, they did it for a decent um, cost. Uh, he is definitely going to be one. If he doesn't win the number one right away, I believe he will be number one by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. So my goalkeeper is Bart Verbruggen, but whew, you, you're going to pick James Trafford. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm going to pick Bart Verbruggen too because okay. I believe okay. when Brighton signed Bart Verbruggen from Anderlecht is for two reasons. Yeah. Immediate impact <laughs> to play and start and to maybe sell on in the future as the most expensive goalkeeper in the history of football. This this is the potential of the kid, okay? He's great. Yeah. I saw him in the under 21 euros for uh, for the Netherlands. He's got potential. Yep. And I do believe that a team like Brighton, when they have potential, we can see miracles. Like we see with many other talents that we'll be talking in this video. Comments, predict the talents that we'll be expressing. Maybe not in our 11, but definitely we'll be talking about these wonder kids. But yeah. I'm like you. I'm with Bart Verbruggen. But okay, okay. If, if I'll start so with my defense. You started with the goalie. Yeah. I'll start with my defense. So I want to say okay. my defense of last season, of the Premier League players right now, and the one for next season. Because it's going to be bold choices. And the reasoning why, I don't have a player there. It's, people are yeah. just going to... This is going to be a massacre, Brenton. <laughs> so yeah. my defense for the next season of under-23 talented players in the Premier League, I have in goal Bart Verbruggen. I have at left-back... Milos Kerkes, watch out for him at Burnmouth. I have Timber. I have um, I can't, Timber Gvardiol. I have Gvardiol if he <laughs> signs for City. Hi, Timber. That's five. It's a huge snub. And Saliba next to Gvardiol. And at the right back spot, I have Reese James. So I have Bart Verbruggen, yeah. Milos Kerkes, Gvardiol, Saliba, and Reese James. Expecting that Gvardiol is going to Man City. Come on, Fabrizio yeah. Romano. You didn't screw up that deal. It's still going to happen. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and, and sad, sad shout out to Wesley Fofana, um, whose season oh, ends before it even yes. begins. It's just so, so depressing. And Chelsea, once again, going to have to figure out what to do with this. Uh, so I, I don't envy Pochettino uh, right now, and I also don't envy Wesley Fofana. But, but- best uh, of spirits to Wesley Fofana and hopefully comes back stronger. But okay. I like it. I like it. We agree in a lot of ways. I think we need to have a bigger conversation about how Bournemouth is pulling in this clout, <laughs> this transfer clout, because my left back of defenders, uh, or my left back, I'm sorry, for next season, my <laughs> defense, U23 Premier League defense for next season is at left back Milos Kerkez, like you, uh, going to Bournemouth, and Ivan Fresneda might join him in the future Eesh. on that right side. We'll see. My center back pairing is William Saliba, and my other center back is Sven Botman. Don't think he got enough credit for how well he transitioned oh, at, uh, as part of Newcastle last season and how big he's going to be for Newcastle this season. And my right back, like you, is Reese James. But I'm going to throw a special shout-out out there. Pedro Poro had a pretty bad start to life at Spurs, yes. and then he really came on strong near the end of the season. I'm going to throw in Pedro Poro to have a very good season for Spurs under Big Ange. Because well I think Big Ange is going to do good things for Spurs this season. Completely agree with that statement. Pedro Poro was, state- was stated as the worst signing in Premier League history yeah. by some people. Life. 
and that was a mistake to do because Pedro Pog should be called up to the Spanish national team because he's got that level and dog in him. I love that show. I love that show. But I just yeah. want to say my defense of last season under 23 players in the Premier League, I have in goal. Uh, I think it's me I have Meslier. Then I have yeah. uh, Reese James. I have Levi Colville and Saliba. And then I have uh, Tyreek Mitchell. But I wanted to say this uh, talk oh, on Levi Colville. Yeah, be, uh, but Kerkez will be much better than him next season. But yeah. I wanted to yeah. say Levi Colville. I think we should just focus a bit on Levi Colville because if Levi Colville goes to the right club, no doubt in my yeah. mind he's in the best under-23 lineup of the Premier League. The right club is working out at Chelsea or maybe staying at Brighton. What would you do, Brighton, if you were Levi Colville? Well, uh, to Liverpool. as of right now, well, as of right now, as of Wesley Fofana's sad injury again, uh, it, to be honest, it looks more and more likely that Pochettino should try and keep Levi Colville there. Uh, I mean, I actually think he should keep Levi Colville there, start him for the most part, or give him as many games as possible this start, particular yeah. season, and do it in expense of bringing in Moises Caicedo from Brighton. Leave him alone. <laughs> get him next season if you nah, can. Nah, nah, but nah, ultimately, Brighton. Levi Colville, I think, is more important for Chelsea than Moises Caicedo is at this moment in time. Nah, nah they so need Caicedo. Look how many midfielders left Chelsea. And I know there's other I, options in the market for midfielders, but it just makes so much sense to get Caicedo with Enzo. <laughs> that's my own point. That's my only point. Because if you're not going to put up or shut up with Brighton's asking price, you've already taken a lot from Brighton. Uh, if you're not going to play their game and pay their $100 million, then by all means, you know, and you're not going to let go of Colville, too, Mate. then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Chelsea, but I do believe that. I love that take. With, Chelsea have taken yeah. so much from Brighton. They've taken Graham Potter. They have, they've taken Cucurella. They've ta they, Billy Gilmore, though, was taken to the other side. Yeah. But Chelsea did want to let him go. <laughs> and now they're going to take they, a shadow. This is a robbery. They, they, Daylight robbery and the, and, by Todd Boyley. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is everybody papers over that, right? The, everyone papers over that simply because Roberto de Serbi actually worked out. Yes. Yeah, okay. We all know how that could have gone. Mm -hmm. But yes, we, we have one of the rarest sightings ever where Roberto de Serbi takes over after a relatively beloved Graham Potter mm -hmm. and one that did really, really great things at Brighton. We can't discount that. And he makes the team better and actually more attractive. But Levi More Colville. attractive but, than Brighton previous. But yes, Levi Colville should stay at Chelsea. That's my thought. And he should, he will get time this season and he will be played properly by Pochettino. He will stay at Chelsea. That's, that's my guess. Great, that's a great show. That's a great show. But people, tell us your thoughts about Levi Colville that we all think he's got world class potential, but we agree that it's mm -hmm. in the right club. So, midfield. <laughs> midfield. Yeah. I think, well, I, midfield. I'm going to snub a player that I rate so high. And I'm going to explain yeah. why, because people are going to maybe... They, I, I don't think they should hate on me because of it, because I'll explain why. But it's it's just okay. sad. I have the same midfield of last season to this season. But my okay. midfield, my best midfield of under 23 in a 4-3-3 system of the Premier League, I would play Kashido with Enzo, double pivot, and I would put put yeah. ahead of them Phil Foden. I rate so high Shabazz Lai, really? but Foden has that experience in the Premier League and he's got that dog in him right now because Gundogan is wow. left and he's got to prove himself as a top five under 23 youngster. That in the Champions League, he had glimpses. But if he's going to be yeah. talked next to Vinicius, next to Haaland, next to all these big names, Phil Foden has to perform as a world-class player in an established team like Man City. So that's why I have this midfield. Yeah. But again, Shabazz Lai... It hurts me not to put them in this team. 
hurts me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to do the same to you. Um, I'm going to do the same to our listeners um, because I feel it's necessary. Sobisly is probably going to make us all look silly by the end of the season. But my midfield, exactly, exactly same double pivot, um, Moises Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez. Um, but I, I got to throw Jacob Ramsey in there. Mm. I think he can take his game up another level for Aston Villa, especially with who they're bringing in. Mm, um, and the it. amount of strengthening and a full season under an Iamri, I think he was one of the better U21s in the entire league last season, um, let alone U23. Uh, but Jacob Ramsey for that added... Um, Bold statement alert. Last season, so. Bold yeah. statement alert. You're putting Jacob um, Ramsey ahead uh, you're, this is a bold statement alert right here. You're putting Jacob Ramsey ahead of Phil Foden and Shobo's life. Well, I also treat Foden uh, as part of the attack, too. Ah, uh, um, the trio so, of wingers. You know. So you don't have Martinelli. You're, oh, uh, my gosh, Brenton. <laughs> Martinelli, Mar Martinelli did not win the treble. Oh, but Martinelli got 15 goals as a winger. He did get 15 goals. He did get 15 hey, goals. Brenton. You're right. <laughs> You're right, and, and if, if Foden was called upon more, if he was called upon more, he probably would have scored 15 goals as well. I so, do agree you know, with that, I'm but I don't no. take him out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Francis. So yeah. let's go with the midfield and the true of force because you might, you might understand. Because <laughs> at the left wing, the best under-23 player to play at the left wing in the Premier League, it's unanimous, it's Bukayu Saka. The player that impresses me the most every time I watch England play. He's that star Boy, and that extension at Arsenal is crucial and vital, just, they, just like they got Martinelli at Saliba. Mukayu yep. Saka is my left wing. Striker. <laughs> I think we both have the Radiker. same two. The best goal oh. scorer, the top goal scorer, the best goal scorer in the world, the top goal scorer in the Premier League and in the Champions League. The one to break the record of most goals scored in one season in the Premier League. It's Erling Haaland. The best striker in the Premier League. <laughs> yep. And, yep. At right yep. wing, I have Martinelli. I have Martinelli. Okay. I keep it simple. Fair enough. I keep it simple because this trio of fours, they just score goals. And Mudrik, that's the player. Yeah. I want to see Mudrik maybe being in the talk of this of this shout out of front trio of under 23. I want to see Mudrik better yeah. next season. I want to see Nori Marueke better next season. Garnacho yeah, better yeah. next season. All these players should be in the talk of best under 23 and make a Difficult yep. decision, but I think right now Anthony. the Arsenal boys, uh, Anthony yeah. too, the Arsenal boys have it ahead. Yeah. Martinelli and Saka. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm I'm 100 in agreement with that. I, I'm just throwing Phil Foden out there uh, because of his importance to the squad, even if it is you know more so in a versatile role. Um, so Phil Foden, Erling Haaland, and Bukayo Saka is my front three. But obviously Gabriel Martinelli so last bold, season. Man. If we're talking about last season, he deserves to be on there. But if we're talking about who I'm watching for this season, Phil Foden is, especially with Bernardo Silva. They don't play the same, you know, role or anything like that. But in terms of importance and stature and 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 the ex the expectation to step up in big games, uh, all that goes out the window if Bernardo Silva leaps. Okay, Phil Foden is going to have to fill that kind of existential role in Pep Guardiola's side. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I bring him up for for next season, unless of course they sign somebody out there. Of his quality, of Bernardo Silva's quality, which you have already said to me, uh -huh. that is virtually impossible. Bernard that is Silva, impossible. I think the only player mm -hmm. that can replace Bernard Silva, if it's going to happen, and I don't uh -huh. think he gets to that level, is Nicolo Barella. I understand the comments that's on that, because that's a player that when he has the ball in his feet, it's like glue. 
impossible to take, yeah. knows how to read the game very well, and would work out well with a coach like Guardiola. But I don't think he's as good going forward and scoring goals than Bernard Silva. I think he's a step ahead. Yeah. And that's why th well, that's vital for for uh, for Man City. But you put Jacob Ramsey ahead of, G uh, ahead of Dominic Chabosley and the head of Olise. Uh, and the head of uh, Olise. I, I honestly don't think he gets enough credit for what he did last season. I really don't. I, I, I honestly don't. If you're if you're going to put Unai Emery uh, in there, you know, based on that small sliver of uh, of hope of him inheriting a badly beaten down Villa team uh, and bringing them all the way to seventh place in UEFA Conference League, um, then then you got to give Jacob Ramsey a whole lot of momentum or a whole lot of love for him being one of the guys to get them there because. You know, Camaro was injured a lot of the season. There were a lot of injuries that Aston Villa had to actually go through, it's and true. they still got it done. So Jacob Ramsey, for me, at his age, um, he's he's doing a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, Dominic Sogoslai, um <laughs> is definitely one to watch this season, and I am not that stupid to think. It's a, it's a game of inches, or even if I, that's the right way to say it. Um, but, uh, but I love both of them. Uh, but I, I really just want to bring up before I forget to say this. I am really, really excited about watching the striker crop of players um, this coming season. I mean, Erling Holland having to put him there mm -hmm. so begrudgingly because he's so damn good. Uh, it, it papers over Alexander Isak. It papers over Evan Ferguson, Julian Alvarez, uh, Jao Pedro and Julio Enciso at Brighton, I know are not necessarily strikers per se, but Nicholas Jackson at Chelsea. These are all players, obviously, we want to watch this season. Adam I mean, we are chomping at the bid. Armand Brogia maybe having an impact. I am chomping at the bit just to watch these guys play some football this season. Um, so and that's why it's hard to say Erling Holland and Stryker when you want to talk about all the guys below Erling Holland. And we too. still yeah. might have Rasmus Winterhoyland signing yes. to the Premier League too with the, all the oh list that goodness. you've expressed. But Man United, Ooh. shout out to them having Garnacho and Madialo. Yeah, great players. Interested to see what's going to happen in the future. But I want to give special credit to a team that knows how to use their youngsters. That is Brighton that you mentioned. Brighton will have mm. Bart Verbruggen. Maybe Levi Koval. Let's see what happens. But Brighton next season will for sure have Julio Enciso, Evan Ferguson, Bart Verbruggen, Billy Gilmore. Buena note, buena note that will have a huge impact Great in, my, <laughs> in my opinion. And let's see what happens with Caicedo. But regardless, they are elite with their recruitment. And I wanted to give a special credit to that. And Arsenal, <laughs> I said three players in my best. I, these three players, Martinelli, Saka, and Saliba, they should be in the under-23s of the Premier League in any debate, yeah. in my view. And Arsenal has extended the contracts of the three so that speaks levels of Arteta Ball and the fact that they have done this. And sure. I wanted to say, too, well, Lavia. Romeo yeah. Lavia, I think, deserves a special credit, too, because he's 19. Onana was very special, too, at uh, Everton. I think Nathan Patterson, James Gardner, we can mention them, too, briefly. But Lavia is a player that I well, understand him going for $50 million, And I think it's okay. a huge mistake from last season. That one of the only mistakes that the City Group has done in the last years that it was to sign Calvert Phillips and go. to sell on Romeo Lavie. Man City should have done that. And I really want to give credit to Lavie because at the right team, he could be Great. a starter in this team. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I got I to gotta throw some shout outs here because, it, come on, this is our wheelhouse. We're FC Wonder Kid for a reason. Um, you, you just mentioned a whole bunch, but there are actually some others. In midfield, Danilo for Nottingham Forest, I thought had a great influence near the end of the season. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm going to watch him 
uh, wholeheartedly. Kind of, I mean, I loved him. You and I talked about him when he was at Palmeiras. Palmeiras yep. uh, I, I'm really, really, really excited to see what he can do in a full season with mm -hmm. Nottingham Forest. Um, and then on top of that, Michael Olise for what he did for Crystal Palace last season, even with Vieira getting sacked and all that good stuff. Uh, he was uh, he was up there with the assists. He's just in a really deep winger U23, you know, type mm -hmm. of situation here. Um, and then at center back, I gotta throw out, I gotta throw out um, Ilya Zabarni. Uh, Bournemouth right now yes. in, in most mid table or lower table Premier League teams are showing the clout of Premier League in the transfer market by hijacking Milos Kerkez, by potentially getting Ivan Fresneda at Bournemouth. But they got one last season for about 20 million. Ilya Zabarni, and he was injured for the most part, but he is not injured this season. Mm -hmm. So I would expect him to have a very good season uh, for Bournemouth uh, at center back. Um, and it's one that I'm really, really going to be watching. And then I got to have just one more shout out. Just give me one more. Because I think this is the season that Chris Richards breaks through for Crystal Palace. <laughs> Uh, at center back or at fullback, and please let it be so because in the time that he has played for the U.S. men's national team, he has shown <laughs> he has shown that he is incredibly, incredibly good. Um, and I think he's good enough to be good for Crystal Palace. Uh, no, he's not good enough to be on this eleven right now, but he is one that, as a U.S. fan, I will be watching. You know, <laughs> wholeheartedly hoping he breaks through. That's so a, hopefully that, that happens. That's a good list. That's a good show, Chris Richards. Let's see if it, yeah. it works out. And I, I think it might happen. I like that. I like yeah. what you're saying with that. I just want to say my top five too. My top five uh, yeah. under 23 youngsters in the Premier League. I have a number five. I got Phil Foden. Number four, I've got Saliba. Number three, I got Enzo Fernandez. And my number two is Saka. And number one, the best goal scorer in the world. Top three, Ballon d'Or contender, Erling Haaland. Okay? I think that's yeah. the top five. But leave in the comment section your top five uh, below. We want to see and like this video for listening until now. But the 11. Uh, the 11. Yes. So, my best yeah. 11 uh, with Vardiol. My best 11 with Josh Koch Vardiol signing for Man City has... Aye, my best 11 of under 23 players with Guardiola signing for City has Bartfer Grugen in goal, Milos Kerkes at left back with Guardiola, Saliba, at Reese James at right back, and my three and midfields I've got Enzo and Caicedo double pivot with Phil Foden ahead of them. Hard to snub Dominic Shabazzlai, and my three of fours I got <laughs> Martinelli, 15 goals in the Premier League, Saka, best left winger in the Premier League maybe. And in goal, I've in goal, uh, a top goal scorer. I've got Erling Haaland. <laughs> Easy choice. In goal, in goal, scoring uh, goals. <laughs> so Erling. It, yeah, Holland. I was gonna say it's it's generally not the goalkeeper that has a good game yeah, when Erling Haaland's around. <laughs> All right, my uh, Premier League U twenty three eleven of players to watch this coming season. Uh, we're the same goalkeeper, Bart Verbruggen at Brighton. Uh, mm -hmm. All across the board defense. You got Milos Kerkes at Bournemouth. Uh, William Saliba at Arsenal. Sven Botman. At Newcastle, because I don't think that Josco Gavardiol uh, deal. It is. I think it might get over the line. We'll see. It will. Reese James, right back, Chelsea. If he gets injured again, watch out for Malo Gusto. My midfield is Enzo Fernandez, Moises Caicedo, and I'm throwing a nice little wrench in the system here. I'm saying Jacob Ramsey for what he did for Aston Villa last season, and yes, I believe Sobasly is going to be good. Don't <laughs> you know? Don't at me. Uh, and my forwards are uh, Phil Foden. Um, we've got Erling Holland, and we've got. Mukayo Saka. I'm sorry, Martinelli. We'll see if you can do it again this season, but you were amazing <laughs> last season. And I but think Martinelli see. will um, end up in his career becoming the all-time leading goal scorer for a Brazilian player in one season in the Premier League. That, that record is held by Firmino with 15 goals, and Martinelli equaled 
this season, but he'll hey, surpass man. it pound, one of the next ones. <laughs> pound pound for pound, already one of the, the one of the craziest finds in Arsenal history. For, um, for six just million, on, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Based on where they plucked him from, I mean, it's it's uh, an absolute insane feat of scouting. I, I completely <laughs> agree. But people, tell yeah. us your 11s in the comment section. And if you like this video, don't forget to go bold. <laughs> so, <laughs> go bold it is. But we've got a big topic. I, I wanted to mention the Saudi League ain't playing around. Oh, no. Saudi League? I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> the, who isn't playing around? Which, I'm sorry. MLS. <laughs> MLS. Because... They're not playing around, yeah. but who isn't playing around the MLS? And his debut is the clutch man in the MLS right now. That is Lionel Messi. Yeah. Lionel Messi and... went bold and in his debut already has amazing memories for Inter Miami fans. He yeah. scored yeah. a clutch goal. Clutch goal in the extra time period. One of the best moments I've seen in MLS history already. And it's just his first and... game. Oh my days, he had Serena Williams, LeBron James, Kim Kardashian, everybody watching, David Beckham crying because he saw someone bend it better than him. And it's now bended like Messi. It's not bend it's not bended like Beckham. It's bended like Messi at Inter Miami. And that's what he's there to do in his first well, game. <laughs> well, I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh on on the same day that David Beckham debuted back in 2007 and changed the course of Major League Soccer, Lionel Messi. Uh, also debuted on July, what was it, 21st. Um, so it, it's re really poetic that 16 years between the two um, and that David Beckham has his hands in potentially both phases uh, of it's Major mad. League Soccer because we will remember this, and I, I know I'm stealing this and it's really not that original, but we will remember this as before Messi and after Messi in Major League Soccer in terms of growth mm -hmm. in terms of growth uh whether it's revenue in terms of growth as in eyeballs in terms of making this uh major league soccer and the product that messi brings to the table uh available to more than 100 countries on the planet Oof. um there's there's exponential expectations to this with the lead up to all the different things coming uh with the 2026 <laughs> world cup being the feather in that cap but i also don't want to sit here and get sucked into some conversation about the Saudi League versus MLS, because let's be honest, Alex, both of them can coexist with completely different whoa, whoa, thoughts whoa. Yes, in yes, mind. Yes, yes, you yes, know? yes, completely. But, and but the, the, the impact spectacle. of Messi, the impact of Messi yeah. in Inter Miami hadn't won a game in two yeah. months, okay? There were League yeah. Cup games, MLS games, and the variable is clear. <laughs> the substitution is clear. Lionel Messi coming on and Busquets coming on. That's the change. And they beat Cruz Azul. Yeah. With that impact of Messi. There, that is unbelievable. Gonna... And even Inter Miami right now on IG, on Instagram, they have more followers yeah. than Internacional de Milan. How is that possible? Unreal. Inter Miami and, in such a short period most, of time. And, <laughs> oh and like all but all but two NFL teams, which is just insane for a sport <laughs> that is still growing and, and will never in, in probably in the next 20 years, if longer than that, ever rival the NFL or even the NBA in terms of popularity, but Messi's going to get them pretty States. close to there. In the United in, States, because worldwide, the, the, the difference States. is clear. Exactly. <laughs> the there, are more, is... there are more than one ways to a pathway uh, to growth, that's for dang sure. Exactly. But the, the one thing, you got to give a little love to Sergio Busquets, who doesn't get all the plaudits, but yes. also was probably one of the reasons why Inter-Miami didn't go down 5-zip, because he actually started quarterbacking <laughs> Some really nice attacking moves against Cruz Azul, who is also not very good to start this season. But listen, 
one of the one of the coolest things that I plucked out of all this was not just Lionel Messi running over to his family afterwards, which mm -hmm. is exactly what he wants. That's Beautiful. exactly what he's at Miami for. Okay, um, it, it it was more so him coming off the field, uh, or co coming on the field and making his debut, and uh, giving a quick little hug to Benja Kramaski, uh, who is the crown right now of Inter Miami's academy. Okay, mm -hmm. who is also part of the Argentine youth setup. Uh, although we're hoping we can bring him back to the the good side, bring him <laughs> back to the American youth side. Uh, but seeing that was incredibly poetic to me because that's what I want this to be. This is all about building infrastructure, uh, building a a uh, a MLS that can foster the growth of um, American soccer for years and years and years to come, mm -hmm. not just one fleeting moment. That is not a knock against Saudi Arabia per se. It's just a different it's tactic yeah, and a different, different way to get there. Lionel Messi will do more. I mean, watching my three-year-old kid watch the screen mm -hmm. this morning and having me put that that highlight on repeat, on repeat, on repeat, <laughs> knowing what Inter-Miami is because he's been to the Union Games. Yes. It, it, is, it is so amazing to me that 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 is where we're at right now and you'll be watching um, messi and, you'll be watching oh, messi live but philadelphia union against inter miami yeah. that is mad but i do believe that there's a difference between both leagues and but we'll we'll talk sure. more about the saudi league in in the future yeah. and watch episode F F 115 if you want to see the talk but mentioning inter miami <laughs> i think it's great with in terms of marketing for the league for the for the country because U.S. will be hosting the FIFA Club World Cup in 2025. You guys are going to be hosting the Copa America joint. Okay, it's that's insane. And you're going to be hosting the World Cup in 2026. That's going to be massive. Yep. Everybody's going to be going to the States. It's going to be amazing. And Lionel Messi is now beginning that hype towards getting that. Make a, cre a crescendo towards that. And that is beautiful to yeah. see. And he is a happy man doing so. Because Inter yeah. Miami convinced Lionel Messi because he loves Miami and he loves a project that he sees playing on the same team with Busquets, with Suarez, uh -huh. with Iniesta, with Jordi Alba. I believe all these players will be at Inter Miami in the next year. And that is beautiful, yeah. beautiful to see. But in sporting, in terms of sporting expectations, I do not know uh -huh. in the FIFA Club World Cup if this is a team to win it. But definitely to yeah. create an impact, it's beautiful to see. And I do believe yeah. they'll be one of the teams involved in the tournament. So I like yeah, it. They, they, I love it. I'm going to be they watching got a, it. They got a lot of growing to do. And if people don't know what this tournament is that he just debuted in, it's League's Cup, which is essentially just a World Cup, that mm -hmm. first year in existence between all of the clubs in Liga MX and all of the clubs in MLS. So Mexico versus the USA and Canada. And they fight it out, duke it out. They shut down the league for a whole, uh, whole month. And they fight it out and see who's the winner. Um, and, and that's really, really interesting because it gives him kind of a lesser pressure environment to kind of get involved in things with Messi. But what I care most about when it comes down to this mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the future of this is more so who we're attracting to the league. Uh, Busquets makes sense. Jordi Alba, that makes sense. Great. Um, but I care more about the Facundo Farias. Mm -hmm. I care more about the Diego Gomez's. I care more about the young yes. Americans that get promoted, like Noah Allen, who played uh, who mm -hmm. played in defense for them, and Benja Kramaski, um, and whether or not you know they can soak in as much of this as possible. And y you're creating a bigger stage that they have to uh, perform in 
that will likely not rival the Champions League, UEFA Champions League, in a very, very long time, but will get us closer to dealing with that type of stage. And Liga MX also makes out in a really, really good way um, for this, too, because more eyeballs will be on that as well. And that already is one of the most popular um, sports, attendance-wise, sports, leagues, attendance-wise, uh, on the planet, they don't get enough credit for it, right? I agree. Um, I agree. So it is so, so interesting to me where this can go. But one thing is for sure that they're doing it not with a mind to just blow up all of the spending in the league, mm-hmm. but instead to build a, it's it's part of the incremental process. Just... And you got to remember Leo Messi bringing him to MLS was a four year process. Yes. With so many, you know, dips and dives and turns and whatnot. And they masterfully executed uh, giving Messi space. To yes. live his life, to make his decisions, Just uh, to pounce on the opportunities <laughs> and not pressure him into this. Exactly. He mentioned he wanted to play in the United States um, and they're providing him the opportunity, even if it isn't the perfect one right now. They're a crappy team. Well, as it improve. stands, you just thought you but just they started. will improve. <laughs> just exactly. But I they get you. Improve. I get you. And I like the show with Liga yeah. Mexicana because the players yeah. in Mexico do earn a very good salary. I know players that leave yep. Portugal, Primera Liga, to go to the Mexican League. There's a big example with Steven Orstaki that he did return now and he's playing for Porto back in the Primera Liga. But he went to Club America because he saw it as a as a really good market, a market that loves football and a team with great history that Club America has. But great, great, suge- yep. great shout out that you did there. But people, tell us down below your reactions to Lionel Messi's goal. What was your emotions and what are your expectations for the MLS 2 in the future? Like this video for more videos just like this. But oui, oui. Saudi league ain't playing Breton. It's it's no, now. No, they're not. It's 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 it not. Is. It's now or never. <laughs> That's yeah. the feeling I'm it getting is. because it I is. even see that suggestion of Kylian Mbappe if he wants. Ali Lal have it. offered on the table four hundred million for one season and then agreeing for him to go to Real Madrid. That is bold, it. man. And paying PSG the two hundred million. They ain't playing. Yeah. They want immediate results, and that's what they're getting. And I want to say the move of Mahrez is big, big. I know yes. I know that Benzema is huge. Benzema is still a great player. Kante is still a great player. Ronaldo is still a great player. Jota, Rubanevs. But Mahrez, for me, is one of the greatest players I've seen in the Premier League this decade. And to convince oh, but- a player to leave a European treble, to go to the Saudi League, that is immense yeah. and bold. And, and to a team that just got promoted. Like. Yeah, yeah. Al Ali. Um, which is, I mean, they're, I think if I have to pick a squad, if you're asking me to pick a squad for the Saudi League this season, I'm going to pick Al Ali. Why? Because if you actually, if you land, exactly. If you land, you got Firmino up top. You've got Sen Maximin if you get that over the line on one side. And you've got Mares on the other side. I'm already what? in in terms of being entertained. I don't care if you have a defense. If you can score five or six goals a game, I'm I'm, I'm watching it. Yeah. Uh, but listen, uh, one thing is for sure, this is not done yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. The expectation of the Saudi League was to bring in three big stars per the four clubs and then bring a whole nother, you know, uh, squad of stars and kind of evenly distribute them all across um, mm-hmm. some of the leagues, some of the leagues, some of the other teams. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it's whether or not, you know, this sustains itself and moves into it. That doesn't matter. There's no doubt that in the Saudi league's history that this will be 
uh, a year of heightened attendance. I mean, we saw Al Nasser's attendance is up over 100% since mm-hmm. Ronaldo Kane. Um, and we'll continue to do that. And now you add to that Al Hilal, you add to that Al Ali, you add to that. I'm already missing one other that I'm forgetting. Al Nasser. Al Nasser. Al Nasser. How am I forgetting that one? Al um, And Al That's the one I forgot. Yep. Uh, and they're the ones, believe it or not, to to beat. Mm-hmm. If if you're if you're asking my that's opinion, uh, but they will have one of the most entertaining leagues, obviously, in their league's existence, and they mm-hmm. likely should should win the AFC Champions League again. I believe it's Al Hawal that is the uh, reigning champion. So I am here to continue this, but there is no doubt that Saudi Arabia is attempting one thing and they're doing really well at it. They are disrupting the transfer market of world football. Exactly. Because we saw it in the form of Musa Diaby. Musa Diaby probably would have gone to Aston Villa for maybe 15, 16, maybe yes. 20 million less. Mm-hmm. And Al Ali, uh, Al Ali, no, Al Nasser, uh, turned that into a little bit of a bidding war. It's um, true. So it, it puts the Premier League's feet to the fire, whether you like the reasons behind it, and we can have other podcasts mm-hmm. about the reasons behind it. There is no doubt that this Saudi league is now a yes. transfer disruptor, mm-hmm. and that ain't going anywhere anytime soon so <laughs> I, I, very, I agree i agree totally and just this to give people yeah. at home just to give an image of the teams that are being assembled and ali lal we have a team now with kubanevsh in midfield with sergey milinkovic savic with koli yeah. bali right there marega is still there so this is a team with great potential in my view and george zuz that was managing them years back before all the flamengo hype before flamengo actually he was at ali lal so he is back at, at the helm. And then we have Al Alhil that has Edward Mendy in goal. And this front trio that we just spoke, Alan San Maxi, yep. <laughs> Firmino, yeah. and Mares. That is so fun to watch. I completely agree with you. Then we have Al Itiad that has convinced Benzema, Ballon d'Or winner still. They've convinced Kante that has bought a third division club in Belgium. <laughs> and they've convinced mm-hmm. Jota to leave Celtic, a 24-year-old mm-hmm. that must be attracted by the project and by the eyeballs that will be in the Saudi league. I and I I and I wanted and and my last one I want to say is Al Nasser that has Christian Ronaldo, Seku Fofana, uh they've convinced Brozovic and I do believe that they will convince Sadio Mane instead of getting Musa Diaby. I believe Musa, uh, Sadio Mane will be signing for Al Nasser. But the point I was Makes going sense. to get to is Christian Ronaldo in Portugal after the after a game, I don't recall the exact game. I think it was Benfica. He said that the Saudi league is ahead of many European teams. Cristian Ronaldo stated this, and I wanted to say, Cristian Ronaldo, right now, I disagree totally that the Saudi league is ahead of the Eredivisie, ahead of the La Liga, of all the leagues, but the Premier League, like you said. But in three to five years' time, if you keep convincing players like Milinkovic Savic, if you're convincing players like Rubenevj, Jota, Benzema, players that Mahrez, that have immediate impact, I do believe they can be ahead of Primera Liga and Eredivisie, but La Liga and Premier League, 100%, I don't think they will be ahead, the Saudi League. So in a five-year period of time. And I do believe he's wrong to say that right now, at this stage. But he did say that they would be a top-five league before they were even getting all these players. And I do agree that Ronaldo is the biggest variable for... Well, Cristiano Ronaldo and the money attractiveness is the, the variables mm. that are attracting all these players. But if Ronaldo wasn't there, they wouldn't be going. They wouldn't be going they, to the Saudi League, in my point of view. In my point of view. But, uh, but yeah, they would. 
I mean, money is money. I the, mean, okay, the TV Ronaldo... rights of the Saudi League weren't even available in half the countries that they did get available immediately when Ronaldo uh, signed. Even Portugal. Yeah, but but this this plan did not start with Ronaldo. This plan, you know, in terms of in terms of this the football league, obviously he's the first shoe to drop, and he's mm-hmm. become kind of a mouthpiece of it. But they've often stated that by 2030. They want to have a top 10 league. Ronaldo just decided to make it seem a whole lot more hyperbolic than it actually is because five years is is tough without the impetus of, I mean, of a World's Cup or something like that, which mm-hmm. is, you know, what got me into hot water year a year ago saying that about a top six about Major League Soccer. But when it comes down to it, um, mm-hmm. you know, money, money is money, right? They are throwing inflated wages at these people, right? They are throwing inflated wages at whatever and you can talk about it, it's, it's a strategy it, it, it gets people it gets people to play there um it it screws up the transfer market as well and we could argue that the transfer market was already screwed up in terms of paying ridiculous inflated costs but when it comes but, down to it mm-hmm. um i i'm i i don't know if ronaldo's solely responsible but it, it feels weird to me to see ronaldo become slotten for a second it's so unnecessary of him that I don't, I just don't agree with that kind of over-the-top rhetoric from him. When generally the play on the field and his love for the club and him being an ambassador for the Saudi Pro League, fine. If that's what you want to do, that's great. Uh, just do what you're doing and be really, really good at it. I don't think you need to throw that type of weirdness um, in there. Don't become Zlatan, Ronaldo. He, he's just staying. He's just stating his point of view. But I, I because he's the, one of the most talked person uh, in the world. He shouldn't need to. <laughs> he's Cristiano Ronaldo. You should not need to do it with your actions. And score, uh, score a hat trick against Benfica and Faro. Well, he scored then, a hat trick you know, when he play. was 37 against Tottenham, and they needed oh, a goal. Oh, <laughs> they needed oh, not just one goal. They needed three to win Tottenham three two with Conte. But I'm I agree it. with that. I agree with. I agree that the actions should be told on the pitch and i do believe he does that but let's see more of the saudi league in the coming season but people put down below what is the signing that we haven't spoken in this video and the signing that you've liked the most my personal one is seku fofana because he was in the team of the season of liga and the fact he goes to al nasser it must breeze it must say something because he must believe in the league too but tell us your thoughts in the comment section and like, like this video if you're listening until yeah. now. Wee! Last yep. shout spot you have, Bretton. <laughs> oh my God. There's Silva? so much here. So much here, but I, I know we don't have time to talk about it all. Um, I mean, the, the transfers that are mm-hmm. going on, we, we mentioned AC Milan last week, and that's yes. just continuing. I, I, I like what's going on at AC Milan. Um, and the, the gift of, I mean, a guy that we ignored in our U23-11, because Enzo and Caicedo are in front of him, uh, was Sandra Tonali and what he could potentially do at Newcastle that and what we true. expect him to do at Newcastle. That is true. But Sandra Tonali and his sale has probably bigger impact for uh, AC Milan this season than he will have an impact uh, for Newcastle this particular season. The money that he raised for AC Milan has already brought in. Brought in brought in is not a word, Breton, but it has already brought in Christian Pulisic has brought in Ruben Loftus-Cheek. It's brought in a new deal for Rafa Leal, which is the, probably the biggest signing. And now, exactly, they're adding Noah Okafor to the mix. And I'm pretty sure they've got a little bit left to potentially bring in Samu Chukweze, um, which would be, or Yunus Musa, or both. If you can get them over the line, he has just improved. Sadra Tanali himself has improved 
<laughs> the depth of AC Milan for years and years to come. Oh, um, so kudos fuck. to Sandra Tonali making AC that Milan sacrifice per se. Spend, uh, uh, but 80 yeah, million regardless of Tonali staying or not, man. It's just sad that we yeah. have to express a team with so much history like AC Milan. The Serie yeah. Come on, man. Go better promotions. Use social media like like the Prime Gold. I don't know. Netflix partnerships. I don't know. But it's sad to see Calcio, Serie not at the greatness that they should be. And I agree with you. It was the Sandro Tonali yep. sale of the 80 million that makes this possibility of getting Shukwa Meza for 28 million, Pulisic for 22. They get Reinders for 20. They get um, uh, Ruben Loftus Cheeks for 16. They get uh -huh. Okafor for 13. And Luca Romero for free. Luca Romero yeah. might go bold and replacing Brahim Dias, though we have high expectations. But if Pioli doesn't succeed with this team, get a top four. That, that is the minimal expectations of AC Milan. In my view, getting a top four, I do not think Pioli will be staying. Just like Paolo Maldini wouldn't accept the terms. In my point of view, I don't know what happened. I'm not a fly inside of <laughs> inside AC Milan camp. But I really believe that uh, Maldini wouldn't accept the future without Tonali if Tonali wants to stay. And I, sh I agree with that man. And But it's it's yeah. an interesting take that they picked Okafor ahead of Taremi. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. Even ahead of Baloga. Your guy. Yeah. Your guy. Baloga. They picked Okafor I, ahead I, of Taremi I, and Baloga. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, Taremi seemed like a slam dunk to me. Taremi seems like a slam dunk wherever he winds up. And uh, I don't contract. understand why he has not been signed. As one of yet. year yeah. contract. I, I don't. I, I, it's, it's just the age. 31. 31 right now? Oh my gosh, two more years you could get Taremi at a high level. But Shukwameza, Shukwameza and Pulisic as a double. Yeah. Like, do you think yeah. that you, uh, you said last podcast that they would win a Scudetto or be the favorites to mm -hmm. win a Scudetto if Shukwameza comes and now you say Musa? Why do you say that, Brenton, yeah. really? Because I believe oh, that I mean, Juve is going to be ahead of AC Milan next season and I believe Napoli nah. will be ahead. Of AC Milan. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. And well, I, I said it. I split down. Eat that, it, maybe. It comes down. I have it comes down. I, I said there was. I said there was one more piece. I said there was one more piece. Um, and we have to see what AC Milan does with that. But as of right now, I mean, they were they weren't entirely far off. I don't think. One, I'm I'm betting on a regression to the mean a little bit with Napoli. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't think Labaka is going to uh, be the exact same player. I don't think Zelinski is going to be the exact same player this coming season. There's always a regression to the mean. You also have to take into account there's a new boss who has new ideas, and they've also yeah, just yeah. lost their top center back. So I think there will be a, a regression to the mean, at least that brings them closer, brings Napoli closer to the pack. AC Milan, uh, when it comes down to it, has a pretty good defensive core. That's the that's what we're going down to. And pretty good, I mean, probably the best. Well, Magna, uh, in Calabria, Kiaer, Tomori, Teo Hernandez, yes, that's a good defensive team. But ahead of them, Benacer, yes, Kalulu too. But I still believe that if if Juventus just get it right with their transfers, that I get the ray, I get the feeling that they might be getting it. But Rudy Garcia, very good point. But Inter, I really Inter is the team. That I believe Inter will be if they're getting Turam, if they're say selling mm -hmm. Barella that we're mentioning, like maybe a hundred million, AC Milan have to go bold with another player, I believe. But they, let's see. They do. But let's see. But what, who? But who? Exactly. Who do, you who do you replace Barella with at Inter Milan? That's 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 Mohamed Kudus. That I country. do believe it's not the same level, but I believe not that the, the that would yeah. be a replacement that I think would be Kudus is still fun. 
Yeah, Kudus would offer that box-to-box versatility. He would offer midfield role adaptability. But yes, just like it's a problem for Issa Milan to replace Tonali, it would be a huge problem for Inter to replace Barello. (laughs) None of of this changes the fact that, you know, AC Milan, if they get... They they need to sign a Tereme or or break the bank on Balogun. Um, or Okafor could play up top as well. Yeah, Okafor, Okafor could play up top. No, 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 they're not going to get. They're not going to get that Emi or Okafor is the guy, Breton. Now, like it's striker, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna. Okay, well, tuning with Giroud, but they need to go. They need to buy somebody else in the winter. He could play on the wing as well. Uh, o- Okafor, I don't think is the the be all end all. Um, mm. of what we're saying here, I think he's a shrewd buy. I think he's a good buy. For thirteen um, but million, I don't, I agree. Don't think and yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. But and I also believe I think Reinders is going to be one of the best uh, signings of the window. I mean, more so than Pulisic, more so than Loftus Cheek. I think he's going to wind up being and and winning people over very very quickly as one of the top midfielders um, in Syria this season. He's my Ooh, breakout signing for sure. Prediction. For sure. But AC Milan yeah. fans and City fans and FC Wonderkid fans, tell us your thoughts in the comment section down below. My last thing that yeah. I wanted to say that makes total sense. It's Jean Felix. Yeah. I know you have the desire mm. to play at Barca because it's the best mm. place to play your style of football. I agree with that. The Barca DNA in you is clearly visible with the technique, the touch, the vision, everything. But I think you'll have to do a yeah. step back, maybe going to Benfica or to Aston mm. Villa. And I believe Benfica is a much greater choice than Aston Villa to join. Yeah. I do believe he could mm. break. Break the Premier League with Unai Emery and impress with Ollie Watkins ahead of him. Because at Chelsea, I think he did impress as he should because he didn't have a striker ahead of him. I was literally even begging. Like, uh, not Fofana to be the striker. Yes, I was saying. Fofana, go as striker. And I was so sad when Broja got injured. But he just was doing the same role with Kai Havertz when they were positioned. They were playing at the same time. So, I just wanted to say, Jean Felix... By Pobre Fica. Jean Felix, go to Benfica, play with Roger Schmidt, play a beautiful style of football. But if that happens, I do believe that maybe a player like Nerj or Rafa could be leaving. But if not, oh, the amount of talent that can be, yeah. it can be risky in the locker room, but the amount of talent in that team. Because <laughs> there's but, players, obviously, that wouldn't be happy if Jean Felix arriving because they lose minutes. But Benfica of fans. Course. <laughs> they would be of the course. happiest. <laughs> and Di Maria yeah. Yeah. returning. That Di Maria, three, three, his last three friendlies, three goals. And that moment yeah. with Ronaldo, I do, I do think it's over, <laughs> over put in social media for the Ronaldo hate. But yes, it was a great moment from Di Maria. <laughs> it was a great moment. Yes, yeah. Well, you know, you want to throw Jean Felix. You want to throw a really, really random team in there right now with also a Spanish boss mm. who I'm most excited to watch. And this is a really bad segue into this. It'd be really interesting for Jao Felix to sign for one of the powerhouses in the current transfer window of the Premier League, mm. and that's Bournemouth. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I am absolutely Aston kidding. Villa. That is said in jest. Oh, okay, it okay. is a joke. But listen, I do have to say something. Bournemouth is one to watch to break out this season, not in a <laughs> European way or anything like that, but because of their manager. I'm really excited about Anthony Iriola. Um, he he's uh, Bilbao. He was a Bilbao legend, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He was a right back, right? A right back, which is, I think, why they're very close to getting uh, Ivan Fresneda mm-hmm. on right, the right side. They've got Zabarni in the middle, right? 20-year-old Ukrainian player. And on the left side, now they've got, they hijacked the deal from Lazio 
uh, Milos Kerkes and from Benfica. I know they were kind of in on it for a little while yes. uh, on the left. And you've got just this making, you've got Dango Watara that they brought in from uh, L'Oreal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and it's just the, the making of a potential FC wonder kid um, <laughs> in the Premier League brought on by one of the more wonder kid managers um, that spent 400 plus La Liga games playing for Athletic Bilbao. And according to many, in terms of watching him uh, previously and watching him kind of move up the ranks managerially, uh, Iriola has some phenomenal, phenomenal ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited to see them in the Premier League um, and and whether or not he can bring in a few more. So I know that wasn't exactly the, the greatest tightrope walk to, to draw the line between Jao Felix and Bournemouth because there is no line there. No but line. I wanted to definitely say <laughs> no line whatsoever. Um, but I'd want to say like, there is no further, no bigger understanding of how big the Premier League is when it comes to money than watching teams like AFC Bournemouth uh, or Brentford um, throw 20, 25 million euro deals um, down like they're nothing. Exactly. And Nottingham Forest last season, because that is how much money is in Premier League football at the moment. It is sustainable for the most part for right now. But to see that happen, um, these are relegation no. scrap teams from uh, last season. It happens. Buying players. Well, it happens because the funds are yeah. divided. And that's what the Premier League do that's They're very good. Sharing. That they do, the, mm-hmm. they share the revenue. And it's not like well, the last team gets 80 million, the winner of the Premier League gets like 120. So the discrepancy yeah. isn't too much, which allows all yeah. the teams in the Premier League to improve in the future. I agree Because they're in, the, they're in every country, they're in every country mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere without being able to get access to a premier league football exactly. game exactly japan china usa you name it it's in the biggest population um and and uh, my gosh in the and u.s it's see. insane and let's see insane. what's so gonna happen that. in the near future but if you're listening to episode yep. 115 do not forget to like comments and share this video please just really like and comment and share because even if you just click copy link please. it helps out massively the podcast and leaving a podcast uh, a comment down below it's always good because we'll always try and answer but again thank mm-hmm. you for listening to episode 115 until now and thank you for going bold people <laughs>